Hello, friends, and welcome to yet another episode of the Whiskey Noobs Podcast. For those of you who are new here, my name is Chris, and today we have our seventh installment of the Whiskey FAQ, Whiskey Frequently Asked Questions. These are questions that come to me from you guys, the listeners, on Instagram. I post a sticker every Wednesday on my story, and you can tap on that and send in any questions that you have. They don't need to be whiskey-related. They can be about whatever you want, and I will answer them here on the show. We have a bunch of questions this week. As per the course, we are continuing to get more and more questions, so thank you so much to everybody who is asking the questions. I love it, and these are some of my favorite episodes because I really get to answer things that I know you guys want to hear, and so I appreciate all of that participation. Since this is not a full review episode of any whiskey, I will be doing a mini whiskey review, a a mini mystery whiskey review, sorry, and you will be able to try to guess the whiskey based on the notes that I am getting from it. This is a whiskey that has been on the whiskey list, so if you look back through any of the episodes, this is a whiskey that has been on the show before, and I'm going to do that right now. On the nose, I'm getting some pretty pale flavors, a little bit of bitterness, and also some light flavors that I would compare, and I'm going to try to be clever about this so it doesn't just give it right away. I would compare to like a cracker, I would say, like just a normal wheat cracker probably. And I'm trying to use uh, adjectives that I wouldn't have used in the review episode, but I'm trying my best, and I'm going to take a sip now and give you some more notes, and I will once again try my best not to just repeat what I used on the episode to keep it a mystery. On the palate, it's more of the same, a little bit of that almost cracker, wheat cracker flavor, pale flavors, and maybe just a bit of fruitiness on the palate. Not the smoothest finish in the world, but I would say overall not a terribly harsh finish either. Not exactly exploding with flavor or overly complex, but that's all you're going to get from me since this is a mystery whiskey review. So without further ado, let's get to your guys' questions. Question number one, recommendations for representative bottles of scotch from the five regions, mid to high end. So this is a question that I will openly admit I cannot answer from my own experience. And I'm assuming you wanted it from my experience, otherwise you would have just Googled that. So I will not answer it based on my experience, but here's what I will say. I've been really enjoying getting a little bit more into scotches. So coming up on the show, we will be getting some from each region of Scotland. I actually have an episode coming up planned to go from a different region. I know we've had a lot of Highlands and a lot of Speyside, also a little bit of Isla with that Laphroaig. So I'm going to be shooting for the other regions as well. So that will be coming up. And then maybe somewhere down the road after all those are over, we can do an episode of all five of those comparing them a little bit or something like that. Uh, So that's a great question, and I just want to be transparent. I've never claimed to be the guy who knows everything about scotch, so I can't answer that from my own experience and give you a bottle that will actually be representative of the region. I would just be looking it up on Google and regurgitating it back to you. So that is my opinion on that, but I guess my answer would just be to stay tuned because we will be working on that and expanding into the scotch regions a little bit. Now, the next question is, if it's not too personal, what do you do for a living? That is not too personal at all, and I appreciate you asking. Um, I think I might have mentioned it previously, uh, but probably not very in-depth or just kind of in passing. So I actually am an engineer for a living. I've mentioned before that podcasting is not my full-time job, as much as I think it would be fun if it was. 
podcasting is just something I do on the side. The TikTok, the Instagram, those are all just things I do on the side. I think they're a lot of fun. I get some free stuff from it sometimes because people want me to review their stuff or just shout out their store or something like that. And so I really enjoy it and I love more than anything, getting to communicate with everybody in the hobby. There's just so many people out there and on social media. So that's my long-winded way of saying I do have a day job, and I am an engineer, actually. I went to school for aerospace, but I actually am a mechanical engineer uh, by trade. So that is my job, and I probably won't get too much more specific than that. But I am currently working as a design engineer uh, in the mechanical engineering field. That's a pretty broad field, but that is what I do currently. And I love it. And then I knew I wanted to be an engineer since uh, high school. I leaned towards aerospace, but I knew if I got an aerospace degree, or at least I thought from what they tell you when you go to college, if I got an aerospace degree, I could do a mechanicals job or an aerospace job, be more likely for an aerospace job. Uh, but honestly, I would say it, it's kind of a toss up. If you were a mechanical and took a couple aerospace classes, you could probably get an aerospace job as well. But all that is to say, I just really wanted to design things, which I am currently doing, and I do very much enjoy it. So thank you for that question. I, I appreciate the I, I appreciate the slightly more personal questions. And don't be afraid to ask, hey, is this too personal? If it is, I promise I'll tell you. So and I'll still mention it on the show and just say, yeah, I don't want to get into that. But that wasn't too personal at all. So thank you for that. The next question, what is your non-whiskey go-to cocktail? This made me think a little bit because I don't drink a lot of what I would consider cocktails. It just kind of depends because the, there's a there you can Google there are like different takes on what is actually a cocktail and what's a mixed drink because cocktails are usually stronger made with like mostly spirits. Some people would say all spirits. And then in terms of cocktails, I pretty much only drink whiskey based cocktails like a Manhattan or an old fashioned. But I do drink a lot of what I would consider mixed drinks, or I think a lot of times are also considered cocktails from other categories. And I would say my absolute favorite is probably a toss up between a margarita or a mojito. I like both of those a ton. Probably depends on my mood. I like the sourness of a margarita, but I like the the sweetness of the mojito with a little bit of uh, peppermint that you get with it. So it really depends on my mood. But in the summertime, I drink those quite a bit uh, when I'm outside and it's hot and I'm hanging out with friends, something like that. I'm a big fan of both of those drinks. Uh, and I really like when I go out to dinner getting a nice, like a well-made margarita. There's actually a local place that makes really good margaritas. So those are probably my top two non-whiskey mixed drinks slash cocktails. I can't think of any others off the top of my head, honestly, that I even really drink. Sometimes I'll just make like fruity tropical mixed drinks uh, when I am hanging out by like the pool or something. I'm kind of the drink mixer of my family. Everybody comes to me for the mixed drinks. So sometimes, you know, I'll throw a little bit of Malibu, pineapple juice, maybe some blue curacao, something like that. I think that's pronounced curacao. I don't even remember, but I'll throw all those things together and, and mix something up as well, but those don't really have names. So I would say either a mojito or a margarita. 
Moving right along, the next question is, what are my thoughts on alternative aging methods such as blackened whiskey aged with sound waves? I'm going to be honest with you. I had to look this up because I wasn't 100% sure. I've seen blackened on the shelf at stores plenty of times, but I was not aware of the alternative aging method that they use. I never like read the bottle or anything like that. So what this person is referring to is a, they expose the, the blackened whiskey. You can go to blackenedwhiskey.com. Whiskey spelled the American way with the E-Y. You can go to their website, and they'll explain this. Um, they actually expose the whiskey to sound while it's in the barrel, and I. it sounds to me like the idea is the sound is basically vibrating the whiskey and making it interact more with the barrel. So it's a cool concept. I can't say that I've ever actually tried this. I don't believe that I have. But what I'll say about alternative aging methods in general, which is kind of more the basis of your question, what is... My opinion is that I think anything alternative or different or experimental is very cool. I'm not one of those people who is very snobby about how their whiskey is made. I'm a little bit snobby about being specific. Like if it's a finished bourbon, saying finished bourbon and not saying bourbon. Not because it's not as good as a bourbon or anything like that. But just because I think it's important to categorize things properly so you can compare apples to oranges. Because so much of what we do with tasting whiskey is comparison. So I'm a little bit of a snob with that. But as long as you're transparent about what type of whiskey it is, I think alternative methods, aging methods, flavoring methods, toasting methods, all those sorts of things, I'm all about it. So I don't have any issue with that at all. So that would be my answer probably for any type of alternative aging method. But thanks for pointing out the blackened whiskey because I might have to try that. It's pretty cool. Looks like it was a joint effort between the distiller and also Metallica. So it's pretty neat. I think I'm going to have to get me a bottle and, and give it a try. This next question is a short one. Is that three bottles of Buffalo Trace I see? It is. They're probably referring to either a reel or a TikTok that I posted that had three bottles of Buffalo Trace in it. I do currently have three all at different levels of being drank. Uh, I have one that I haven't opened yet. I have one that I am using for the Buffalo Trace battles on TikTok, and so that's pretty much what that bottle gets exclusively used for. And then I have one that has been almost empty for a pretty long time. And the reason that I have the one that's almost empty still is I think I might do a blind comparison of the two. Most likely I'm going to do a blind comparison of the two, but I've been doing so many different comparison tastings lately. I haven't had the chance to do that, but I would like to do a blind comparison of an old Buffalo Trace that has been exposed to air. That's what they say will make your whiskey go bad. And it has been. It's been sitting there. So that ideally, or I guess theoretically, should taste a lot worse than the other one. And then compare that to one that's right in its prime. It's right in the middle of the bottle. It isn't old, so it's not like it's been exposed to air for a long time. And then compare that to what they call the neck pour. The first pour out of the neck of a bottle, people say, tastes different. So I'm going to try that as well. I'd like to do a blind tasting of those three and see if I can tell which is which or just which one tastes the best out of the three. The next question came in one form or another from two different folks, actually. So I think you both worded it approximately the same way. And that question is, what's your unicorn bottle that you're hunting for? This is a good question because I probably have a hundred answers that I could give you. But I usually just try to focus on one at a time when I'm calling around to uh, liquor stores. And right, okay, so the, the unicorn of, of unicorns that I would say would be any of the Van Winkle family reserves or even old Rip Van Winkle. I have never been able to get my hands on it, and I absolutely would love to, uh, but it doesn't seem to be in the cards for me anytime soon. 
the slightly more realistic answer would be right now I'm trying to get a bottle of E.H. Taylor, um, which I might be able to get my hands on here soon. But I like to just call around my local liquor stores and see what they're getting in. And they haven't had it for probably a month of, of calling. They haven't gotten any deliveries of it or anything like that. I would like to get a bottle of E.H. Taylor. I would also like to get early times bottled in bond. Everybody on the TikTok wants me to try it. And it is pretty much impossible to get near me, I think, because of how popular it's getting. So I don't know that I'll be able to get that either. But those are, I don't want to call them unicorns because they're not crazy like like the Van Winkle family uh, reserve is. But those are the bottles that I'm looking for at the moment. The next question is, what's your favorite bourbon besides Buffalo Trace? Um, before answering this, I do want to clarify a little bit. I love Buffalo Trace, but Buffalo Trace is my favorite budget bourbon. I wouldn't say that I like it more than a more expensive bourbon. So I would say, I, I, maybe you're getting this answer actually from me answering this before, because I probably said Buffalo Trace is my favorite bourbon if you're including price. That's probably what I said. So it is my favorite if you're including price. And what's my favorite besides Buffalo Trace? In the same category, I'm going to go with probably Elijah Craig if I'm including price in that question. In the any price range category, I don't know what my favorite is right now. My favorite changes incredibly often. Maybe Four Roses Single Barrel. I am almost through the bottle of it that I have right now. And every time I go back to it, I really enjoy it. I like a lot of the stuff that Four Roses does. But I guess I would say if I'm including any price, then Four Roses Single Barrel is my answer for the time being. It alternates constantly. This next listener says, you said you played the Nintendo Switch. Do you have a favorite game? Of course I have a favorite game. I am going to give you a bunch like I always do. No, I'll just give you two, actually. Um, my favorite single-player game, for if it's just me playing, is Breath of the Wild. I got like most of the way through it and then didn't end up finishing it. I'm pretty bad with video games. I'm pretty bad at continuing them until I finish them because I usually get sidetracked with life. Um, it's usually a matter of getting off work and working on whiskey noob stuff until bedtime. So I don't get a lot of time to play video games, but I loved Breath of the Wild while I was playing it. And then I also, for a multiplayer game, for like party type games where I'm with a lot of people, I would probably say Super Smash. I like that one a lot with multiplayer. But once you get to too many people, it's kind of a pain. But with four people or so, I, I really enjoy it. So my wife and I will play that one a lot uh, against each other. This next person asked a difficult question for me. My favorite top shelf bourbon. I can't really say if I have one because I don't drink a lot of top shelf bourbons at the moment. Um, I drink a lot, a lot of budget bourbons, and that is mainly because I'm targeting all of my content towards you guys, the followers, so we haven't gotten into a lot of the top shelf stuff yet. So I'm trying to think of, of more, some of the top shelf ones that I've had. Now, the, the one that I really enjoyed, this might be a sin, because I know a lot of people really don't like Jack Daniels, but um, what I had on my wedding day, it was not technically a bourbon, it was... Uh, a Tennessee whiskey, which is then actually aged in maple barrels. So it's not even Tennessee whiskey anymore, if I'm remembering correctly. It was Jack Daniels Gold number 27, if I remember properly. And I thought that was fantastic. I really enjoyed that. Um, but my favorite top shelf bourbon, I don't know that I really have one aside from that. Probably the highest shelf bourbon that I have on my shelf right now isn't even technically a bourbon. It's a finished bourbon. It's Angel's Envy. It's 50 bucks. Um, I also have, not to lie, I also have Heaven's Door, which I, I enjoy as well, but still nothing really over the $60 price range. So 
I don't really have a favorite top shelf bourbon at the moment. If I've been drinking anything a little bit more expensive lately, it's been scotch, if I'm being entirely honest. Um, so that's as good of an answer as I think I have for that question right now. But if you guys want to see a couple top shelf bourbons, once again, I've been catering basically my entire collection to my listeners in order to give you guys content that you want, you know, affordable bourbons, that sort of a thing. But maybe here in the near future, we can get a a top shelf bourbon on the show to try something that's a little bit more expensive and and really see the difference that it has. The next question, uh, this person actually messaged me to let me know that theirs got cut off a little bit, or they might have sent in a second question. So hopefully I understand the concept of it well enough. If not, just feel free to send it in again. But the disclaimer at the end of the podcast, is that something that is required or that you thought was a good idea? My guess is that you are referring to the, uh, the Whiskey Noobs podcast does not endorse underage or otherwise irresponsible drinking. I think it's something like that, consumption of alcohol. If that's what you're referring to, it is not required that I'm aware of. Uh, It was something that I just thought was a good idea. I really wanted to make very clear through this podcast that there are a lot of podcasts about people being quote-unquote alcoholics. And it's like, oh, alcoholic friends get hammered and do a podcast. I wanted to be very clear when doing this that that's not the goal of my show because of the fact that, especially on what I've seen on TikTok... So many people who drink neat whiskey are referred to as alcoholics constantly on social media because we're able to drink neat whiskey. And I really wanted to establish the idea that I'm not not doing this for the drunkenness. That's not the point. And then on top of that, I didn't want anybody who follows me or listens to me to get the impression that I am recommending they drink to the point of you know being drunk. So... That is why I added it, and then I also thought, hey, maybe there is a lull out there about it that I don't feel like reading up on, so I'm just going to put it in there for safety. So I, it's kind of a dual purpose, but um, I thought I'd just put it in there, and nobody told me I had to, so that was just my decision. The next question, I'm not sure the intent of this question, but I'll answer it anyways. Maybe it's more of a joke, but I don't really know, so I will answer it. I apologize if it's not a joke and you're the person who asked this. This person asked, is escape... And then in parentheses, the pina colada song. So do you like pina coladas or if you like pina coladas, that one. Um, Is that still a good song? And I don't know if this is a serious question or not, but I absolutely think it's still a good song. It was actually playing today while I was uh, working. I was playing my I have a vacation vibes playlist that I created and it's actually on there. So I do think it's a good song. If you listen to the lyrics, it disturbs you a little bit because it's like, oh, wow, this isn't about a great thing. But it is a, uh, a good song, I think so. The next question, once again, maybe not as much for the Q&A episode, but I'll answer it on here anyways. This person said, come to Cali and have a nice glass with me. Don't worry, I'll only ice my glass. (laughs) I appreciate the offer, and uh, I don't have a problem with you icing your glass or adding ice to your whiskey, whatever you want to do. I try to be transparent. You can drink it however you want. I don't want to be a snob. I just prefer it neat myself, so don't uh, ice the glass that you give it to me in. But I appreciate the offer. The next question, a little bit more serious and one that I actually really had to think about. How has your approach to whiskey changed since you first started getting into it? I really had to think on this because I was like, man, I don't really know. I think my approach has changed in a few ways. First is when I was first getting into it, I wanted to buy stuff that I could drink neat or mix because I still mixed a lot. I didn't like neat very much. And now... 
I pretty much only want to buy it if I think I can drink it neat, unless I'm buying it specifically to be a mixer, just because I neat is what I prefer, and it also makes me feel the least bloated, it makes me feel the best, so that's what I like to do. Uh, in terms of overall attitude about the hobby, I think a couple things have changed. I think nowadays I target what I buy almost entirely to what I want to show you guys, what I think you guys want to hear about, what you guys have asked me about. Um, there's only so much money to go towards whiskey. And so I try to target it towards what I think you guys are going to want because in the process I get whiskey out of it and I enjoy it. Uh, but back in the day, it might have been a lot more, or not might have, it definitely was, a lot more of sitting in front of the liquor shelf and thinking, what looks the coolest? What do I want to try the most? What have I been dying to try the most? That doesn't happen very often anymore because nowadays it's a lot of what did somebody ask me to try on the podcast? What did somebody tell me to review on TikTok? Not because I feel like I have to. I can ignore those if I want to. That's not a problem at all. But more because if I haven't tried it, I want to try it. And if I have tried it and I know it's good, then I want to review it for you guys on the show or on the TikTok. And I'm just happy to bring you guys more content. And I'm still getting whiskey in the process. So who really cares? So I think I've shifted from buying bottles that I want to trying things that I want to try while I'm out rather like like at a bar or at a nice restaurant rather than buying a whole bottle of it. I think that's kind of the shift that I would say occurred. Um, I'm probably here soon going to get back into just buying things that I want along with things for you guys. I shouldn't say just. I'm going to buy about the same amount for you guys and in, in the content, but I'm probably going to try to get back into buying things that I actually want. Um, possibly by, uh, you know, selling some merchandise, some things to actually fund podcast whiskey. And then I can go back to buying the whiskey that I want with my paycheck. So uh, that might have been a long answer, but I would say that's how my perspective changed. Now, to answer it a little bit more for the guy who doesn't have a podcast, if you're just asking, you know, what happens as you become more into the hobby of whiskey? I would say what happens when you become more into the hobby of whiskey is you start off by mixing, using ice, whatever it is, probably all of the ways. And you get into the hobby of whiskey and you find a way that you like the most and you stick to that. And maybe it's a way that they say online is like, quote unquote, the right way to drink it. And you get very snobby about that probably for a little bit. And I think I probably had that as well before I started the podcast, but it was like, oh my gosh, you mix your whiskey. And then I think it's a sign of You've been in the hobby for a while. Once you get back to the point where you don't care, it's one of those things where like you would think the people in the hobby that have been way into the hobby are the ones who, you know, would be snobby. But in reality, it's the opposite. It's kind of like the gym. The person who's judging other people is always somebody who's like been working out for like a year. It's never somebody who's been working out for like five years. Those people are always super nice. So I think it's the same way with whiskey. You don't really judge other people once you get into it because you're like, oh, hey, they have money. They can do whatever they want with it. I don't really care. And I would also say that I got more into hunting bourbons a little bit. I am not an experienced bourbon hunter by any means, but I am starting to get more into wanting to find some that I'm not able to find. I think that's a little bit more fun as well. So that was a bunch of answers for how my perspective has changed. But your perspective, you know, there, there's it's a complex thing. So there's a lot of different ways I can answer that question. Hopefully that answered it for you. But if not, feel free to ask it again in a little bit more specific about, you know, how's your opinion on this change as you got more into the hobby? And I'd be happy to answer that as well.
This next one I'm pretty sure is a troll, but I'm going to say it anyways because I always say that I say my questions on the podcast. And this one is, what bourbon shampoo mix do you use? I stick to one to five with my dub for men. I am hoping this is a joke. I hope you don't put bourbon in your shampoo. Um, but I, the reason I actually kept this on here is because I wanted to mention that I have a Buffalo Trace bar of soap. It's like Buffalo Trace Senate or whatever, and it smells really good. Um, so that is literally the only reason that I kept that question on here is because I like that Buffalo Trace bar of soap, and I wanted to share that with everybody. This next question I actually did a little bit more research for because I knew the fact, I just didn't know the specifics of it. So the question is, what obscure whiskey fact can I use to impress people? And immediately my brain went to the episode we did with Tyler and Will. I think that was episode 10, actually. Uh, And I mentioned this in that episode, but I don't remember if I kept it in the episode when I was editing because I I kind of pulled us off topic for a while. So I don't know if this made it into the final cut, uh, but my favorite obscure whiskey fact is the Great Whiskey Fire of Dublin. And so I did do a little bit of research just to confirm it. Um, Previously, I had only known from either TikTok or Twitter. And so I wanted to confirm if what I had heard was correct, but it was. So the Great Whiskey Fire of Dublin occurred in 1875. A whole bunch of whiskey caught on fire and it flowed out into the streets of Ireland. And it ended up actually, because of this fire, 13 people died. Now, that's terrible, obviously, but the my favorite part about the fact is not that there was a fire, it was that the 13 people who died did not die from burns or from smoke inhalation. Nobody died as a direct cause of the fire. Uh, The people who died actually died from drinking the whiskey that was flowing in the street um, because of alcohol poisoning, over-consuming the whiskey. So I thought that was a pretty obscure fact that I think if you tell people that, they'll be like, no, you're definitely kidding. Those 13 people died in the fire. They did not. They actually died from drinking the whiskey that was flowing out into the streets. So that is probably my favorite obscure whiskey fact. There are more, I'm sure, but uh, that's just the one that that comes to mind when you said when I read the question, I was like, I'm going to do that, that whiskey fire. That's all I knew. And then I did a little bit more research. So. Hopefully you can now use that to impress people or just maybe to boggle their mind a little bit. Uh, The next question, I'm guessing if you've been listening for a while, you might actually know what I'm going to say to this question. Uh, But the person who asked it, I am absolutely always happy to answer this question. What is one thing you would suggest to someone who wants to start drinking whiskey? I'm always a fan of this question and I'll always answer it when I come across it. What I would suggest to somebody who wants to start drinking whiskey is if you truly want to acquire the taste of it, you can. Full stop. No matter what, you can. So don't try an expensive whiskey and say, I didn't like it. I must not have the palate for whiskey. Uh, My tip is always try one from at least each of the categories of bourbon, Irish, and scotch. At least try one from each of those categories. And don't think just because it burns at first that you can't get into it. Now, I'm not saying to force yourself to like something that you don't want to like by any means. Don't do that. But if you're like, oh, I want to develop a palate for it. I want to be able to do whiskey tastings, those sorts of things, then you absolutely can. And so that is my suggestion for somebody who wants to get into drinking whiskey. And if you are struggling with that, my biggest suggestion is go back and listen to about the first 10-ish episodes of this podcast 
I walk through a bunch of different tips to help the listeners get from not being able to drink whiskey, thinking that it is gross, into being able to actually pull out flavor notes. That's the whole first 10 episodes of this show. So I highly recommend you do that. And that is my suggestion. We are cruising right along, almost to the end here, but just a couple more. The next one is, if you were going to host a tasting with friends, how many bottles slash kinds are appropriate? Now, this is a very, very loaded question because you could go a lot of ways with this. So, first, I would say how many bottles are appropriate depends on how long the tasting is going to go. As many bottles as you're able to taste without getting drunk, I'd say, is the amount that's appropriate. Because if you're calling it a tasting, my guess is you don't want to be drunk for it. You want to actually be able to taste the flavors. So maybe that's, you know, a couple glasses per hour, a few glasses per hour you're able to do. Uh, Maybe it's only like two glasses per hour. It depends on everybody's tolerance. That's what I would say is the appropriate amount. Now, you also put kinds. So I'm going to assume maybe you're trying to introduce your friends to whiskey, but I don't know for sure. But if that's the case and you're trying to introduce your friends to whiskey, I would say at least three bottles is appropriate. One bourbon, one scotch, one Irish, kind of like I mentioned in the uh, question above. And giving people the ability to try all those. Now, if you have a little bit more time and you can really dig in, I would do more than that. Um, And once again, try not to do this at a pace that you're going to get drunk. But I would recommend a bourbon an Irish, a Scotch, and then maybe also like a rye, maybe a finished bourbon, maybe an Isla Scotch. All depends on the amount of time you have. Maybe you're doing this in multiple sessions, that sort of a thing. But I would say if you're trying to introduce them to whiskey, you want them to try different things because odds are if they try a few different ones, even if they're not like, oh, I like that one, they'll at least be able to be like, I like that one the most. And if you're trying to get them into it, then maybe from there you can figure out where their palates are and you can get them something that you think they're going to like and then they can try that at a later date or even right then and there. If you have enough of a collection, sometimes what I'll do, I will – oh, yeah, that's another good point I wanted to make is how many bottles are appropriate – I would say all of them that you own, just not tasting from all of them, letting people say, oh, you like this? Do you want to try that? Or just say, oh, that bottle's cool. Can I try that? Allowing people to do that is what I normally do. So that's what I was about to say is a lot of times I will just bring people into the podcast room, which is where I keep my whiskey. And I will say, you know, oh, here, try this. I'll get their opinion on it. And I'll be like, oh, okay. Based on if you like that, here's something that I'll think you'll like more. If you didn't like that, let's go this direction. See if you like that. That's usually about how I do it. Um, and I, I have done that a couple times and I think it's a lot of fun too. It's almost like that when you discover your palate for the first time and you're like, Oh my gosh, this must be what I like. It's like that. But with friends, you're like, Oh, this must be what you like. And that makes it a whole lot of fun. So that is my recommendation. Um, I would try to do a minimum of three different kinds though. If you're trying to introduce somebody to the hobby, the last question, last, but certainly not least, have you tried middle West whiskey? If not, will you? I have not tried Middle West whiskey, so I have added it to the list, and it looks like we actually are finally chipping away at this list enough that it'll be coming up here very shortly. Uh, There are a couple of other ones that were requested, and I just haven't been able to get yet near me, Um, but this one looks like it is pretty available near me, Middle West whiskey. looks like it's mostly bourbons. And I will absolutely give that a try on the show. So you can keep an eye out. That episode should be coming out pretty soon. And I will try them and let you guys know what I think. I'll try at least one of them, I should say. Probably just one of them. And I'll let you guys know what I think. That is all of the questions that we got for today, though. So once again, thank you to everybody who submitted a question. And I'm going to wrap up this mystery review right now. 
All right, so if it wasn't obvious enough to you guys before, I will say that this whiskey has a little bit of like a buttery granola-y type flavor with a little bit of fruit in it as well, but not very much, like very, very little fruit. You might have narrowed it down based on the light, breezy flavors I'm talking about with, you know, like a cracker, like buttery cookie. You might have guessed that I'm actually talking about an Irish whiskey, but you might have guessed Bushmills since that was more recent, but I'm actually drinking Jameson. The reason for that, the only reason that I'm drinking Jameson right now is actually because today that I am recording this is St. Patty's Day. So I thought, oh, I got to drink Jameson on St. Patty's Day. So I know that we haven't had on the show for quite a while. I apologize if that threw you guys off a little bit, but I had to drink Jameson on St. Patty's Day. So that is what I went with. Hopefully, some of you guys were able to get it, and once again, I just think that's helpful because it's almost like a blind tasting. You're getting these notes and trying to attribute it to a whiskey, so I think that makes it a lot of fun. But that is all that I have for the show today, so once again, thank you guys so much for submitting your questions. Please keep them coming. Don't be afraid to submit questions. Don't be afraid to ask if it's too personal. I will answer them all, and I love having all these questions come in, and I love doing these types of episodes. So keep them coming, and I will see you guys next time. I will leave you with Learn to Drink, Drink to Learn. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you like the show, please make sure that you tell anyone you know who you think would be interested in the hobby or in the podcast. That way we can help to spread the word and continue to grow. Please also make sure to review the show on Apple Podcasts and share our posts on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs or on TikTok at whiskey noobs podcast. Uh, it only takes a couple of minutes and it really does a lot to help spread the word and grow the podcast. Also, there is an email list for the show. If you'd like to join, you can just send an email to whiskey whiskeynoobspodcast at gmail.com and in the subject line put email list. I will add you to the list and then you'll be updated every month with the whiskeys that we will be drinking on the show throughout the month. That way you can drink right along with us and see if you're getting the same notes. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the show. The Whiskey Noobs Podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol.